Hello and welcome to Connect Points podcast and sermon archives. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please go online to our website at connectpointupc.com or follow us on our Facebook page. Thank you very much and I hope you enjoy this week's message. God bless. and the 17th verse. And whatsoever ye do in word, everybody say in word, or in deed, everybody say in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Everybody say in the name of Jesus. Amen. And we're going to talk about that a little bit today. Why don't you give three people a high five, tell them you are so glad that they're here today. Amen, amen. Beautiful crowd here today. God bless you for being in the house of the Lord. And thank you so much for your worship. And we have already felt, amen, so much of the power and the love of God here today. I believe some people just received what they needed up here a little bit ago. Anybody want to just claim that in Jesus' name? Amen. There's an old, there's an old song. It's an old hymnal that... It uh, dropped into my spirit this week, and uh, it's Take the Name of Jesus With You. Anybody ever remember singing that old hymnal, Take the Name of Jesus With You? That was a, amen, it was a pretty popular song back in the day a little bit. And, uh, and uh, you know, with the hymnals and, and some of the wonderful truths that were found in them. And now it was after uh, God had dropped another kind of thought into my spirit this week that began uh, the process of, of him bringing this idea to me for us to preach today that, you know, we, we can't take Jesus anywhere that he isn't already there. Amen. Amen. I mean, we understand the omnipresence of God, that he is everywhere, but sometimes that can feel a little bit generic to us because it's just, you know, I mean, he's there and he's there and he's there and he's there, you know, that kind of thing. But the truth of the matter is that there is nowhere that you can go that Jesus isn't already there. Nowhere. And you say, well, I've been in some pretty bad places. You know, I, you know I, Pastor, if you knew where I was at this week, you wouldn't be saying that. <laughs> Uh, I'm glad I don't know. But here, this is what I'm saying is, is that Jesus was there. And, and, and just because that when we get to a place, we don't necessarily uh, uh, call on him or seek after him or, or even want to think about him maybe when we're in that place, that doesn't mean that Jesus isn't there. Jesus is everywhere. He's always there. And so, and so we don't really take him anywhere that he isn't already there. But I want to talk to us today about this idea that we do take his name. There is power in the name of Jesus. And we do take the name, and we need a fresh revelation of that in our lives. And I believe that's what God wants to accomplish today. The words of the song are beautifully written, and they're quite poetic when they're sung. And you can Google it later or YouTube it or whatever. Uh, but uh, Lydia Baxter 
uh, of St. Petersburg, New York, was born in 1809, and she was the author of the song, Take the Name of Jesus With You, and she was indeed actually a poet. She was a converted, uh, converted to Christianity, and she worked very hard for her church and involved herself in things, uh, man, about her faith. The song begins like this. Take the name of Jesus with you, child of sorrow and of woe. It will joy and comfort give you. Take it then wherever you go. Amen. That sounds good, doesn't it? Amen. I, I, I agree with Sister Baxter. Anybody else agree with, with the words of that song so far? Amen. Oh, how precious is the name of Jesus. Oh, how, how, how special and how, how powerful and how sweet is the name of Jesus. And, and she makes it clear there, there is no life that is void of, of sorrow, that is void of woe. There is no life um, that uh, is void of problems and difficulties. That doesn't exist for anybody in the world. That didn't exist for Jesus, um, amen, when he was uh, walking the earth. But I am thankful, hallelujah, today that there is still a joy and a comfort that I can find in the name of Jesus. Uh, there is nothing in this world that even comes close to knowing who Jesus is. Nothing even comes close. Nothing even comes close. And we cannot forget what she then declared. She said, take it wherever you go. Take it wherever you go. We, we've got a choice every single day. Am I going to take the name of Jesus with me today? Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I know we talk a lot about choose you this day whom you will serve and, and, I, and, and what servitude looks like and service looks like. I get all that. Amen. But there's something about taking the name of Jesus with you, meaning that you're going to declare the name of Jesus, that you're going to pray in the name of Jesus. That means you're going you're gonna to walk into your workplace and you're going to say, in Jesus' name today. Hallelujah. This is going to be a good day today. Things are going to go well for me today. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to accomplish all my work today. I'm going to get it done today. Uh, me and my co-workers are going to get along today in Jesus' name. Somebody may need to take it with you when you go home today. You may be going home to some things uh, that you wish were different. And on the way home, you got to say, Jesus, come on with me when I go home today. I'm taking the name of Jesus. I know you're already there, but I'm declaring the name of Jesus. Uh, I'm speaking in the name of Jesus. Uh, I'm believing in the name of Jesus. But I say, Jesus, take it wherever you go. We can begin to get a little overwhelmed sometimes. We can start to feel the weight of this life and, and pressing down upon us. And, 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 and we get distracted by the noise of the storm and the roar of the crowd. And we can begin to forget that I have a choice every day. And that choice can change everything. I can say, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. I can declare the name of Jesus in the midst of my trouble. Oh, hallelujah. I can declare the name of Jesus when I feel sickness coming over my body. The Bible says, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Well, you know, every once in a while, there might not be anybody there. You might have to just do one of these. Amen. 
You might just have to get your faith built up a little bit, amen, and believe that God is a healer and a miracle worker and a problem solver, and then give yourself one of these and say, in the name of Jesus, I I take dominion and authority over my body. I I bind sickness, and I cast it away, and I loose healing to come into my home. I'm telling you right now, there is power in the name of Jesus. There is deliverance in the name of Jesus. There is healing in the name of Jesus. You ought to be going around your kids. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. You ought to be walking into work, walking into school. In Jesus' name, take the name with you. Take the name with you. Man, if the only time we're ever saying the name of Jesus is when we're in here, we're missing out. Amen? And frankly, we're doing it wrong. There is such power and deliverance and and direction in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. There's direction in the name of Jesus. One one of the ways I I like to start my day when I'm praying is say, Lord, I need you to direct my steps today. Jesus, direct my steps today. Order my steps today. Let me get off somewhere I'm not supposed to be. Let me get don't let me get all involved in something I'm not supposed to be involved in. Keep me away from the nonsense today. Right? In the name of Jesus, I want you to I want you to order my steps because I'm gonna take the name of Jesus with me. I want to take it wherever she said, take it wherever you go. Do you remember after Peter and John? Prayed for the lame man at the gate called Beautiful. And, and that was a, that's a, a miraculous story. It's a powerful story. But they got in trouble, actually. I mean, it's, it, sometimes we, we remember his feet and ankle bones regained strength. And he leaping up, jumped up, leaping and praising God. Something like that. Right? But then if you keep reading, they, they get uh, in trouble by the so-called religious leaders of the day. And they were mainly upset because the disciples were preaching, teaching, and praying in the name of Jesus. And Jesus was supposed to be dead. Right? Some of them had, you know, specifically made sure that Jesus was dead. They were part of that. And when they heard about the lame man who jumped up miraculously healed, and they heard what Peter had said, Acts 3, 6, and 8. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. Oh, hallelujah. In the name. So silver and gold have I none. I, I, don't, have, I don't have money to solve your problem. I, I can't pay uh, for better doctors for you. I, I can't, money is not going to fix your problem anyway. But I, that, that doesn't matter. I don't have any of that anyway. So, but what I do have, what I did bring with me today, oh, hallelujah. What I, what I did bring with me when I got here today is the name of Jesus. And so in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. He leaping up, stood and walked and entered, amen, with them in the temple, walking and leaping and praising who? Praising God. Oh, hallelujah. They didn't like this idea of miracles happening in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. They didn't like people connecting like this man that had been laid at the gate beautiful did. 
They did not like people connecting Jesus' name to the Almighty God. Oh, hallelujah. Peter said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he was miraculously healed. And he jumped up and he went forth praising God. And they didn't like this idea that somebody would connect the name of Jesus with the Almighty God. But Peter, when they were called before the leaders and questioned the next day in Acts 4, 7, and 10, and when they had set them in the midst, they asked, by what power or by what name have you done this? They just want to make sure of what's going on here. And Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. They thought if they kept him in prison overnight and they brought him in front of a bunch of very intimidating people that somehow Peter and John were going to back down and say I'm sorry uh, we made a mistake Uh, we encroached on your territory we never should have done that but they didn't realize that Peter uh, had a boldness uh, since he was filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost Uh, and the book in in Acts 2 uh, he had a boldness and he said look uh, there's only one name hallelujah that we've done this in it was in the name of Jesus And before they could shut him down and and stop him, Peter takes his moment. He just keeps speaking. And he says in verse 12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Oh, hallelujah. Peter said, look, you already don't like us anyway. We're already in trouble with you anyway. So this is not just about saying Jesus' name and somebody's physical need can be met, but this is also our salvation. Hallelujah. We can be saved when we begin to call on the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. And they didn't like that, man. They didn't like that, but they had a problem. They had a problem. You know what their problem was? Verse 14. And beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. Oh, hallelujah. And beholding the man who was healed, beholding the miracle, seeing the miracle in their midst, they could not speak against what had happened. Let me tell you why we take the name of Jesus with us. One of the reasons why we take the name of Jesus with us is because demons tremble at the name. Amen? They tremble at the name of Jesus. When you walk around and your, your world, your day-to-day routine, your week, when you go through it, amen, you ought to see yourself, amen, taking the name of Jesus with you, and every step you take, darkness just pushes itself back. It just pushes back. It just flees. You ought to see it when you walk into a room. You ought to feel it when you walk into someone's home. You ought to, when you're talking to someone, if you're taking the name, hallelujah. 
If you're taking the name of Jesus with you, I'm telling you, you can walk up to people that are bound and struggling and addicted and brokenhearted and downtrodden, but you walk up to them in the name of Jesus and you begin to talk with them and you begin to love on them and you begin to help them. Hallelujah. We take the name of Jesus with us. You know why? Because God wants to do miracles. He wants to do signs. He wants to do wonders. He wants to heal people, deliver people. I'm not talking about just around these altars. I'm talking about in your work and in your school place. I'm talking about in your home and in your neighborhood and in your favorite supermarket. He wants to do miracles. You know why he wants to do miracles? So that people will see the miracle and say, I can't say anything about it because that person used to be bound, but now they're free. They were in darkness. Now they're in the light. Oh, clap your hands unto the Lord, everybody. Come on, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, somebody. Hallelujah. They didn't want to believe who Jesus was, but the evidence was in the room. (laughs) The evidence was in the room. They wanted to be done with Jesus. They thought it was over with Jesus. They had heard the last of Jesus. And yet here stood another miracle. Jesus had not done it this time himself in the flesh. This time it was done by his name in faith. Oh, hallelujah. Same result, though. Same result. Jesus had done it in the flesh. But then when he was killed, buried, resurrected, poured out his spirit upon them. Now, he's not there in the flesh, but they're there in faith. But they're not saying in Peter's name, in John's name. They're saying in the name of Jesus. And miracles are still happening. Oh, hallelujah. The devil thought He could kill the man, and that would kill the name. But he quickly learned that the man was indeed Emmanuel, God with us. And you can't kill God, and his name is undeniable. Oh, hallelujah. I've come to raise up somebody in this house today. Maybe your faith is a little low. Maybe you've been feeling a little intimidated lately. I need to remind you, uh, you need to get the name of Jesus active in your life again. You need to take the name of Jesus with you. uh, And your boldness is going to show back up. And your authority is going to show back up. And your passion is going to show back up. you got to take the name with you. Oh, hallelujah. It was so powerful that even the religious leaders in the room had to acknowledge. And of course, they had a a unique way of acknowledging it, but they acknowledge it still the same in verse 13. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You understand what that means? That means they had their own perspective on Peter and John. They had their own ideas about who they were and what they were capable of. 
It means that they kind of looked down on him a little bit, didn't have much about them. But because the name of Jesus, they could not deny these people are connected to Jesus. Amen. Amen. See, that's, that's a special thing because, because remember before, before they finally just decided to kill him no matter what, they kept trying to trip Jesus up. Remember that? They kept showing up with these, these questions. You know? This is what Moses said, but what do you say? We're supposed to pay you know, this money. Look at this money. We're supposed to give this tax. Should we do that? And he would always give some simplistic yet powerfully profound answer. Whose face is on that coin? Caesar. Well, then give Caesar what belongs to Caesar. Oh. Okay. We got to think of something else, guys. That didn't work. They kept trying to trip Jesus up. But, he, but this is Emmanuel. This is God with us. So good luck. Right? It's just God in flesh. You're not going to trip him up with a little cute twist of a phrase. That's why it matters so much that when they looked at Peter and John and they said, these are unlearned and ignorant men. This is, this is we should be able to, I mean, we're smarter than they are. Right? We're more educated than they are. This, these people shouldn't be a problem. Jesus was a problem. We had to kill him because we couldn't handle him. We couldn't stop him. We couldn't deal with him. But we shouldn't have any problem with Peter and John. But they acknowledged and they said, but there's something going on here because though they be unlearned and ignorant men, it is very clear, hallelujah, that they have been with Jesus. I got to tell somebody in this house today, you need to stop listening about the world thinks about you, what other people think about you, how the devil keeps talking down to you and making you feel like less than. You need to just remind yourself every day, I got Jesus, I got Jesus, I got Jesus, and I'm going to take him with me. I'm going to take the name of Jesus with me. Amen. That's what they were doing. They were taking his name with them. And it was evident that they had something powerful that was a foundation of their faith. Oh, hallelujah. I said there was something powerful in the foundation of their faith. I got a, it's a, I got a clear communication for us today. We, we need to remember the name of Jesus we need to start actively taking the name of Jesus with us. We need to be speaking the name of Jesus more than we are. Amen. We need to be declaring the name of Jesus more than we are. We need to be praying for people in the name of Jesus. Amen. That ought to be a part of our, our day. We ought to see people that are burdened and struggling, and we ought to offer to pray for them. And when we pray for them, we ought to pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah. Everything you do in word or deed, do it all. 
Thank you, Lord, for this food. Let it be a nourishment to our bodies. In Jesus' name. Right? In Jesus' name, amen. I'm telling you, we need a revelation of the power of the name. And I know I'm preaching to Apostolic Church today, and so many of you call this your church home, and, and you're thinking, yeah, preacher, yeah, yeah, we know, we, in Jesus' name, Jesus' name, baptism, we call upon the name of Jesus, I get that. But you know what, there's something about doing something that we can get so comfortable with it that we, we actually f- forget to do it. And I, listen, listen, I, I'm not against, uh, uh, you know, if you're a, a wordsmith and, and that's who you are as a person and then you pray that way, that's great. You know, if it's our Heavenly Father, I adjure you, I call if, if, you, if you're just, bring that bountiful mercy down upon us in this place. We behold your presence, oh God. We cast our eyes towards the limitless Look, you know, if, if, you're, if that's your vocabulary, then you worked to get that vocabulary. You go ahead and use it. You know, it's not a show, obviously. <laughs> but don't forget when all that stuff, don't forget the name. Don't forget the name. A lot of times uh, when we try to use pretty prayers, uh, we're like, Heavenly Father, we, 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 we start using, you know, Father stuff. And I'm, I'm, uh, not, I may mention that in a minute, but, but he has a name. My, the Father has a name. Jesus said, I come in my Father's name. Right? So, we got to remember the name. When we pray for people, we got to remember the name. Let me tell you something. You could pray for somebody for a long time, amen, and, and not really accomplish a whole lot of stuff. Or you might just say, in the name of Jesus, and accomplish everything. You say, well, pastor, are you trying to teach us that we shouldn't pray much? We just say the name. No, you ought to pray, intercede, do everything you can, weep, do you know, all, everything that you got to do. And we got to live in a lost and dying world, folks. Uh, we're living, people are dying and going to hell. And we got to stand in the gap. We got to pull them out of the flames. Uh, we got to do everything we can do to help get them to Jesus. But if the answer is getting them to Jesus, then they ought to hear his name when we're praying for them. They ought to hear his name when we're calling out to God. They need to hear the name of Jesus. Take the name of Jesus with you. You know, there are still people today who don't want you to believe that Jesus is God. It it blows my mind, but the sad thing is, is they're missing out on a revelation that brings so much. It brings so much with it. As you receive God... As you receive him, that's how you will walk in him. How you understand him is how you're going to live out your faith. Right? So, so knowledge is powerful, and how I see and understand God, how I receive him into my life, is going to dictate how I live him out in my life and in my faith. And the Apostle Paul said it like this in Colossians 2, 6 and 7, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk you in him. 
So you've received Jesus, uh, amen. So as you received him, walk in that. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. So when you receive Jesus Christ as Lord of all and you live that out in your life, there are some foundational elements that are going to kick in to your faith. He says you're going to be rooted. Oh, hallelujah. I'm going to be rooted in Christ Jesus. I'm going to be rooted. That's important because the wind is going to blow and the storms are going to come and the drought is going to kick in. But oh, hallelujah, I'm rooted in Christ Jesus. I've got some depth to my relationship with him. I'm tapped into some water sources, hallelujah, that are going to keep me alive. i got some strength that's going to hold me up because I'm rooted in Christ Jesus. I'm built up in Christ Jesus, which means uh, I've got a foundation that is Christ Jesus, uh, but everything I'm adding on to that foundation, I got from Jesus. Uh, It came from Jesus. Uh, I did it in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. And because I'm built up in Jesus, uh, I've got a strength uh, and I've got a confidence uh, that he says uh, that it is uh, established. Uh, I am established uh, in my faith. I'm going to tell you why some people are wavering uh, and confused and downtrodden and leaving churches. It's because they're not established. It's because they don't have a root system. It's because their foundation is not sure. And one of the reasons that is, is because they never got the revelation of who Jesus Christ is. They never got the revelation of our Emmanuel God with us. They never got the revelation that Jesus is God. Oh, hallelujah. It is good. Because when you get that revelation, Paul says, uh, he says, uh, that is the reason why you can abound therein with thanksgiving. Abound with thanksgiving. Oh, hallelujah. And is that contrary to our, our current culture or what? We got people that can't think of hardly anything to be thankful for. We got people walking around. It's all negativity. It's all darkness. Everything is bad. Everything's falling apart. There's no hope. It's all doom and gloom. They can't think of one thing to be thankful for if you ask them. But if you find somebody who has a revelation of the name of Jesus, you're going to find somebody who's abounding in thanksgiving because they're going to know Jesus has got it under control. My God has got it all figured out. I've got the name of Jesus with me. It don't matter how bad it gets. I've got the name of Jesus with me. So Paul says that. He says, you've established your faith as you've been taught abounding there with thanksgiving. And then he goes on in verse 8 and he says, beware. He warns them right after saying that. He says, beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Up in verses 6, he said, Christ Jesus, our Lord. In verses 8, he says, don't let them mess you up and get you going after something that's not about Christ. There are plenty of people and ideologies ready to tell you different. There are plenty of old traditions that are still trying to stay relevant. Paul said the rudiments of the world. He said the rudiments of the world. 
They, They want you to go after the tradition of men. They want you to go after the rudiments of the world instead of going after Christ. As one commentary said on that phrase, rudiments of the world, the rudiments of the world are the crude beginnings of truth, the childishly faulty and imperfect religious conceptions and usages to which the world has attained apart from the revelation of Christ. He said the rudiments of the world are religious philosophies and ideas that man has come up with on their own that are not connected to Jesus Christ. And the Apostle Paul warned them and he said, look, if they try to get you to go after anything else, don't you do it. You go after Jesus. You go after Jesus. You go after Jesus. Don't forget about Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Don't live out your faith based upon anything less than revelation. Get a revelation of who Jesus is. Oh, hallelujah. A revelation of who Jesus is will keep you when nothing else makes sense. I'm telling you right now. You say, people talk about this peace that passes understanding, but I've never experienced this peace that passes understanding. You need to get a revelation of who Jesus is. Like the disciples did that day on the boat when the storm was going, and they said, we are all going to die. We are all going to die. Where in the world is Jesus? He's sleeping. You see, the only reason... Well, you could, there's probably a lot of ways you could preach it, but one, one reason that, that Jesus is sleeping at that moment is just to really draw the contrast. I almost feel like Jesus is like, I'm not really that tired, but there's a storm coming. These guys don't really understand who I am all the way yet. I need to do something. So I'm going to go down there, take a little nap while this boat's just... I mean, I don't want to say he was fake sleeping. It says he's sleeping. Of course, they said he was sleeping. I guess they said he was sleeping. He sleepeth. Maybe he was just, you know, faking. I mean, I don't know. I'm just making that part up. So he was either sleeping or fake sleeping. I'd probably sleeping, but it doesn't matter. Here's the deal. It's the contrast, right? He's sleeping, and they're saying, we're all going to die. It's all coming to an end. Oh, by the way, you just, you just turn the TV off. Just, oh, my Lord, have mercy. Every day we're all going to die from something else. It's like everything. What am I going to die of today? Never heard of it. Now I'm deathly afraid of it. I'm not going outside ever again. Oh, I can, I can die inside. Well, then I'm just going to stand here. <laughs> I mean, the world is a dangerous place. It's always been a dangerous place. Right? That's, I mean, the reality is that if, you know, if the Lord tarries, we're all going to die somehow. Pastor, that went dark real quick there. <laughs> Had my faith all built up, and now it's like we're all going to die someday. Just biding time until the darkness comes. 
They're on the boat. It's tossing them around. They are so afraid. They legitimately believe they're going to die. Finally, someone says, wait a minute. Jesus is here too somewhere. Anybody catch the problem there, by the way? They got all the way to we're going to die and then remember Jesus was also on the boat? I wonder if they maybe could have remembered Jesus was on the boat when the storm first started and been like, "Ah, Jesus is here, we're going to be all right. But they get all the way to the point of death, and they go, wake up, Jesus. And Jesus walks up, and he steps out onto the bow of the boat, and he says, peace, be still. And immediately, the wind and the waves cease. The water comes calm. And they are astonished and amazed that even nature, he can control. Even the wind and waves obey him. He has control over nature. They're astonished by that. You know what he was trying to teach them? He was trying to teach them, look, you're going through storms. The wind is blowing. Everything's going wrong. But you've got Jesus. Do you got Jesus? Did you bring me with you today? Did you bring me with you today? Did you take the name of Jesus with you? Because if you took the name, then you step out on the bow of your own life and you say in Jesus' name, peace be still. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Peace be still. Established in the faith. Rooted. Built up. Don't follow anything except Jesus Christ. He clarifies then, beware lest any man spoil you to philosophy, vain deceit after tradition men and the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. Verse nine, for in him, in Christ, in Jesus, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Oh, hallelujah. It's all in him. Everything that God is, is in Jesus. Jesus is God. The fullness of the Godhead, amen, is in him. Yes, we know about the Father. We know about the Son. We know about the Holy Ghost. We understand these things. It's all in Jesus, though. It's all in Jesus. The Creator became our Savior. Oh, hallelujah. The creator, amen, the father created everything, but he became my savior. He robed himself in flesh and he dwelt among us. Hallelujah. He became my savior. And after he died on Calvary and he resurrected, amen, he gave, amen, his spirit, which is God, which is Jesus. He said, I will now fill you with the Holy Spirit so you can take me with you. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. We understand that. We can take Jesus with us. And when we do, we have the fullness of the Godhead with us. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus is the complete God. It's all in him. But that's not all that is complete. Because Paul says this in the very next verse. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. So Paul says, Jesus is everything God, the fullness 
of the Godhead is in him. And you are complete in Jesus. I'm come to tell somebody that may be feeling incomplete today, may be feeling fractured today, disjointed in your life. You can be complete in Jesus Christ. There is a wholeness. There is a completion. Hallelujah. That comes when you get a hold of the revelation that Jesus Christ is the almighty God and I can take Jesus with me. I can take Jesus. I can take Jesus with me. So I think we're beginning to understand what Lydia Baxter understood when she wrote her song. And why this is the simple chorus to that song. This is the simple chorus. This is all there is to it. Precious name. Oh, how sweet. Hope of earth and joy of heaven. And then you say it again. Precious name. Oh, how sweet. Hope of earth and joy of heaven. There is a revelation that we got to get a hold of in our lives. You hear me? Hear this preacher today. There is a revelation that we need to get a hold of in our lives of who Jesus is. And when we get a hold of the revelation of the mighty God in Christ Jesus, we will have, amen, an understanding of the power of the name of Jesus. Oh, precious name. Oh, how sweet. Hope of earth and joy of heaven. I'm talking about a name, hallelujah, that gives me hope every single day. No matter what's going on in the world, I got hope because I got the name of Jesus and I know who Jesus is. Oh, hallelujah, hope of earth and joy of heaven. And just to finish out the thought, let me, let me read you the next three verses to the song. Take the name of Jesus everywhere as a shield from every snare. If temptations round you gather, breathe that holy name in prayer. Oh, hallelujah. Verse three, oh, the precious name of Jesus, how it thrills our souls with joy. All oh, the favor of the Father in this name we may enjoy. In verse four, at the name of Jesus bowing, falling prostrate at his feet, claim his victory over evil and the enemy defeat. Oh, precious name. Oh, how sweet. Hope of earth and joy of heaven. Oh, precious name. Oh, how sweet. Hope of earth and joy of heaven. We can take the name of Jesus with us. One more point to this illustration and then I'll wrap this up today. This Lydia Baxter who wrote and sang, take the name of Jesus with you. She was an invalid for most of her adult life. She was homebound for health reasons. She didn't have physical strength to get out and do much. Yet in that, in that state, God gave her the words to this powerful song. And she had such a faith in God that she could pin a word to a song that said, take the name of Jesus with you. Oh. Couldn't leave the house 
It said that she opened her home to the ministry. It said that they held religious gatherings in her home, and she hosted a lot of things like that. Amen. And she wrote many other songs and and other poems and stuff. But in that physical state, amen, what would destroy a whole lot of other people, that would keep a whole lot of people down and depressed and in darkness, uh, that would keep a whole lot of other people discouraged uh, and asking God all the time, why'd you make me this way? Why'd you make me this way? Why'd you make me? In that state, uh, she had a revelation, hallelujah, of who her God was. And she said, take the name of Jesus everywhere you go. Take the name of Jesus. Oh, precious name. Oh, how sweet hope of earth and joy of heaven. And by the way, the Apostle Paul, who we've been looking at here in Colossians 2, he wrote this letter to Colossae, the one where he says, beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the, rudiment, uh, the tradition of men after the rudiments of this world and not after Christ, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He wrote that letter in 62 AD from a prison cell in Rome. Couldn't, didn't have freedom. Was imprisoned for doing the work of God. You hear me? Had every reason to be negative. Had every reason to say, ah, this isn't worth it. Had every reason to throw in the towel. Had every reason to give up. Had every reason to say, ah, this Jesus ain't what he, it's not what they told me he was. This can't be for real. He had every reason to give up, but instead he writes a letter to the church in Colossae, and he says, you better pay attention, because this world is going to try to get you to go after other things that you shouldn't go after, but in Jesus dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily and you are complete in him. Paul said I'm in a prison cell but I'm complete. I'm in a prison cell but I have faith. I'm in a prison cell but I can still minister. Why? Because he had a revelation of who Jesus is. Oh stand to your feet and clap your hands under the Lord somebody. Come on shout unto God. Come on and shout unto God. Come on and shout unto God. So, life is not always going to be perfect, is it? Amen. Lydia Baxter understood it. The Apostle Paul understood it. Some people in here understand it. Life is not always going to be perfect. Life is not going to be trouble-free and absent of pain. It's not ever going to be that way. Not on this side of heaven. But I'm telling you right now... Under the anointing of the Holy Ghost, I come here today to tell somebody that you can do more than just survive. I'm telling somebody in this house, you can do more than just survive. You can thrive in this present world if you would get a fresh revelation of Jesus is God. Hallelujah. If you would get a fresh revelation that I can pray in the name of Jesus, I can declare in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I can preach. I can teach. I can tell other people, amen, about Jesus. Jesus is God Almighty. 
that you can wake up every day in the name of Jesus and lay your your head down every night in the name of Jesus and every step in between can be done in the name of Jesus. Let everything that be done in word or in deed be done in the name of Jesus. So now with that, that understanding today, there's no doubt people in this place that have needs, cares, and concerns, heavy burdens. Maybe you've been struggling. Maybe you've been trying to do some things on your own. You've been trying to accomplish it, figure it out. You're starting to get a little defeated, a little discouraged. I've come today to remind you of the power of the name of Jesus. And I'm going to open up these altars in just a second. And we leave this open up here. All this room up here, very intentional. Because this is the most important part of this entire service today. How will we respond to what was just preached? How will we respond to what God is now speaking to us and tugging on our hearts about? Will we leave this place the same way we walked in or will we come up to this front of this altar area and will we lift our hands and bow our heads or whatever and call on the name of Jesus and say Jesus I believe that you are the almighty God and that you are more than able to deal to handle to solve to fix my situation today. Why don't we begin by just lifting our hands unto the Lord and praying right now. Hallelujah. If you've got Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed this message. Remember, if you would like to find out more information about our church or to contact us, please go online at connectpointupc.com. And also don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app so you will be automatically notified of new episodes. Thank you and we hope you have a great week.